Welcome to Hiraith, the home of modern Welsh politics. For this episode, we're trying something a little different. What you're going to hear next is the recording of an event held at Storyville Books in Pontypridd and recorded especially for the podcast. In it, Professor Richard Wynne-Jones and Dr Rob Jones of Cardiff University's Wales Governance Centre discuss their latest book, The Welsh Criminal Justice System on the Jagged Edge, which does a deep dive into the complex and really unusual criminal justice system in Wales. As many of you will know, this is a live issue and is being discussed within the Labour Party with a view to some form of devolution of justice taking place should they win the next UK general election. We hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as the audience in Storyville Books did and would urge any listeners that can to purchase the book or borrow it from your local library. And finally, please bear with us for the first 20 seconds or so where the sound recording was not quite as good as the remainder of the podcast. Enjoy. Uh, welcome uh, on this. <laughs> Is it always this cold? <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's a very cold uh, evening, and we're grateful to you for coming along uh, to listen to us talk about this book. And I don't mean the Doctor Who annual 2023. That's tomorrow, I, <laughs> that's tomorrow apparently. Uh, it's our new book, The Welsh Criminal Justice System, and I'm Richard and Jones, and this is. Robert Jones um, and what we're going to do is we're going to between us talk for about 20 minutes mm-hmm. about what's in the book and then we can uh, probably talk a little bit about what's come out over the last couple of days in terms of the Labour Party's new plans uh, around justice in Wales and then well we can go wherever the conversation takes us so let's start with the book and let's start with the title uh, the Welsh criminal justice system Um, To talk about the existence of a Welsh criminal justice system sounds a bit strange. We're so used to thinking about justice in an England and Wales framing that actually to say that there's something called the Welsh criminal justice system sounds, I think, you know, it's something of the interloper about it. And, and indeed, in much of the literature, much of the academic literature, the and Wales bits of England and Wales gets completely forgotten. So it's standard, and I've, you know, I've just got some examples in front of me here. People talk about the English prison system, the English penal policy, English probation system, English parole scheme, English model of sentencing, English policing practices. In each case, they're talking about England and Wales, but they, 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 the and Wales doesn't really count. So it's, it's a real classic case of for Wales, see England. And what we argue, and it's the central contention of the book, is that that is, you know, it, it, there is a Welsh criminal justice system. Uh, it's not separate. It's not like uh, the Scottish system. It's not analogous to the Northern Ireland system where you have separate justice systems. But nonetheless, there is a distinct Welsh system as an inevitable um, in some ways, um, unintentional, but inevitable consequence of devolution. Um, and so within the England and Wales, overall England and Wales kind of suites of institutions, there is a distinct Welsh criminal justice system. Why? Because while the UK government formally has reserved policing, has reserved criminal justice, nonetheless, the Welsh Government has got extensive uh, responsibilities 
reaching right into the heart of the criminal justice institutions as we understand them. So right into the heart of prisons. Um, you've got the Welsh Government is responsible for health, responsible for uh, education. The Welsh Government has a big role to play in funding the police. Um, so that, I mean, I, we, we talk at some length about all of this in the book, but these, these uh, responsibilities reach right into the heart of the criminal justice institutions. But also, the, inst the criminal justice institutions are reliant on all kinds of areas of social policy, such as housing, such as uh, dealing with substance misuse, um, uh, there's a whole raft of things on which the criminal justice institutions rely, which are all devolved in the Welsh context. The only exception really is welfare. Welfare is non-devolved. But everything else, all those other things which the cr criminal justice institutions rely upon uh, in order to function are devolved, which inevitably means that Wales works differently. Uh, and actually that is very much the experience of those people who are working in those institutions. Um, but, and this is a kind of key thing in terms of how the relationship between the UK and the Welsh levels work, uh, and it brings me to the subtitle of the book, The Jagged Edge. And we use this idea of the jagged edge, or this, um, I guess this metaphor of the, of the jagged edge, um, because the delineation of powers and responsibilities between the reserved and the devolved is incredibly complicated, right? This isn't some simple line where there's, that's what the UK government does, that's what the Welsh government does. It's actually a, a, a kind of what we call a jagged edge of intersecting competences and responsibilities, which are shared between the two governments. But of course, two governments with different political mandates, representing different political values, um, and trying to pursue quite legitimately legitimately different policies. There's nothing illegitimate about that, but it's in the context of this really complicated intersection. So this makes the Welsh criminal justice system distinct. Um, it's distinct, as I say, from Northern Ireland um, and Scotland, where you have an executive and a legislature and a justice system, judiciary, all aligning with each other. It's different from England, where you have in, in the English context, you have the UK government and UK parliament and the England and Wales criminal justice system aligned. In Wales, you don't have an alignment. And that's the thing that makes Wales distinct, is this lack of alignment. Um, and what's that, the, and just, just as another point of introduction, what's interesting about this lack of alignment is it goes against the whole basis of the Westminster model of government, which Britain has exported across the world, where alignment between executive, legislature, between the government, a parliament, and the judiciary and the justice system. That's standard practice, not only at a state level, but as a sub-state sub level uh, within the Westminster model kind of family of polities. Wales seems to be the only place where you've got this particular organisation of a justice system, right? And there are some major in-principle problems potentially with this, okay? They are complexity. When you've got this intersection of powers and responsibilities, I mean, 
Criminal justice is a notoriously difficult area in which to make policy. You're talking with about some of the most problematic areas of social policy in every country, okay? But what we've got here is an additional layer of complexity, which is, you know, potentially lots of opportunity costs involved in managing that. Relatedly, who can make policy in this area? Is joined up policy? Everybody talks about joined up policy being the thing that you may want to do. You need to align what's happening in housing with how do you deal with people when they come out of prison. All these things need to align. Um, uh, drug treatment, mental health, you know, the, the, the um, criminal justice system is basically dealing with the massive mental health crisis that we have all around us. Some of the stats on how much police time is spent dealing with mental health emergencies. It's just absolutely staggering. You need these things to join up and align. It's potentially, in principle, more difficult when you've got this intersection of power and responsibilities, this jagged edge. And finally, who's holding this to account? The Westminster model works on, you know, who's holding the England and Wales criminal justice system to account? Well, in theory, it's Westminster, okay? It's, it's the parliamentary committees, we'll come back to this in a moment. That's the idea, you have, you have, a, 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 you have a, an executive which is responsible, so you have the Ministry of Justice, the Home Office, they're being held to account by Parliament. But when you've got this jagged edge, when you've got powers and responsibilities on either side of the jagged edge, who is holding who to account in this context? So there are obvious in-principle problems, but you know our starting point is, Okay, but we may have found ways of, of dealing with this. So what we, what we do in the book is we take this unit of analysis seriously. We say, there is a Welsh criminal justice system. How does it work? What are the outcomes? And have, have they found a way of dealing with the in-principle problems that you might expect to find? And at this point, I hand over to Rob. Yeah, Richard. Um, yeah, those, those in-principle problems, I think, keep that keep that in your mind for when we come to the discussion after about the, the future of, of Welsh devolution and, and indeed what we've heard um, over the past couple of days. Um, so what I now want to take you through is, is, is a section of the book where we talk about outcomes in the Welsh criminal justice system. So as Richard said, we've explained that there is a Welsh criminal justice system. It's a very difficult task in and of itself to, to, to kind of pull Wales away from England and Wales and that dominant unit of analysis. So what we now think about is, well, what does that look like when you actually do, when you achieve that, when you do that? Now, firstly, in order to do that, over the last decade, we, we have engaged in a, a huge amount of work, one, gathering information through freedom of information, um, and secondly, looking through the various different uh, pieces of data which are published on an England and Wales level and trying to tap into that Welsh-only picture. Because, of course, this is not normal. This is still quite abnormal to think about Wales within the England and Wales system. So even before we even start this chapter, we confront this issue that because this is so unorthodox, because the Welsh arrangements are so um, still unspoken of, that actually to, to even get at the Welsh picture takes a, an inordinate amount of work and, and, a, and a lot, a lot of time. So what, what we do here, and, and, and ordinarily we might have some, some kind of slides to help you, but I'll talk you through a series of, of charts we have and I'll explain what they, what they show in the book. So we, we chart the criminal justice system, if you like, from, from, from crime all the way to the back end of the system when people are leaving prison or under some kind of probation supervision. So if we start with crime, 
to begin with. What we actually find when we look at the Welsh-only data relative to population is that the overall crime rate in Wales, excluding fraud, is actually lower than, than England. Now, what we do in the book is we also break it down for offence type, which adds a more, I think, detailed and nuanced analysis um, or, or, or um, kind of layer to our, our understanding. And we make very, very clear in the introduction to this chapter that this is just a starting point. There's a huge amount of work that can be done to develop this, build on this. Lots of, even though we've tried very, very hard over a long period of time to get these data, there's still huge amounts of data that we, we, we can't access. And if, and if we could, we haven't been able to include in, in the book. So that's the starting point. We actually look at crime, the criminal justice system, police recorded crime, what it formally deals with. We see that it's actually marginally lower in Wales than it is in England. Now that's key for, for, for something I'm going to come on to after the, the next, what would be slide. And that is to think about what's happened to the court estate in, in Wales over the, past, over the past decade. Magistrates court and Crown courts, we've seen the court estate has been decimated by by closures, 2010-2019, it's changed ra radically. Again, what impact has that had, of course, on communities across across Wales? Pretty pretty stark. So, or in, or in the valleys, yeah, also yeah, enormously, yeah. I mean, so that's another a kind of a kind of set of arguments. But when we when we actually peel Wales away, look at what we have in Wales, we we see can quite clearly see there can be challenges there for access to justice. Quite literally, accessing courts uh, and of course the backlogging courts, the fewer courts you have, the fewer cases you can hear on any, on any given, given day. I ask you to think, keep the, the, the crime rates in, in your mind um, and the reason being is the next, uh, the next set of statistics we, we move on to, what this tells us and what these data tell us is that relative to population there are more people from Wales in prison than England. So there are more people from Wales in prison than England and significantly the Welsh imprisonment rate based on home address is actually the highest in Western Europe. So when, again, when we actually disaggregate Wales from England, we see a higher rate than it is in England. That in and of itself is relevant and interesting because we share a single system. But actually when on a European level, it's actually the highest in, in Western Europe. And what we've also been able to do in the book, and it's included as a footnote, which, you know, it's, it's some footnote, is that the, the female imprisonment rate is actually the third highest in Western Europe behind Spain and, and Portugal. And what I've actually done recently is got the data for September 2022, and Wales is still number three in, in, in that, in that uh, rather unfortunate table. I'm going to interrupt here because I think it's quite interesting just as, as part of the whole process of, of writing the book. Rob has spent, you know, and he's saying that we spent 10 years finding, Rob has spent 10 years finding the data and we keep lifting up a stone. And, and so the, the footnote about Wales having the third highest female imprisonment rate in Western Europe was quite a late addition to the book because we were going through it towards the end of the process. And I asked Rob, I just asked you one day, so... So Rob, this is you know this is we overall we've got the highest, but what what is the female? Where, and so Rob, as he does, went away and found out, and nobody had until that moment, mm. nobody had uncovered <coughs> that. And so Spain is number one, and Portugal is number two. Correct. But we're quite close to to Portugal, so there's there's hope of us reaching number two in that yeah. list. Uh, you know, it's it's I mean, but this was. This was constantly the experience of lifting up a stone and finding something very unpleasant lurking underneath. Yeah. 
um, and as Richard said, it happened quite late in the process, which, hence why it's a footnote, rather than maybe <laughs> you would add more, more, more to it. Um, but, it, but again, what a, what a remarkable footnote, what a remarkable set of, of problems and challenges. There is you know, no prison places in Wales for women, yet we have the third highest imprisonment rate in Western, Western Europe. Um, on the stones being uncovered, we should add here that youth justice offers a, a, some glimmer of, of, of light, and that is not to be overlooked or dismissed or belittled. It's a, again, it's a key part of chapter two, um, and, it, and it should be acknowledged. Next, we move on to probation rates. So you, you could be forgiven for thinking, well, look, okay, so Wales has got a higher imprisonment rate than England. Well, that's surely maybe explained by the fact that England use probation more, they use community sentences more. Not a, an out there, you know, altogether out there theory. But unfortunately, the data tell us something else, and that is, again, that Wales consistently has a higher number of people un under probation supervision and indeed in prison. So on both of those measures, we see that there are just, relative to population, more people being funneled through the Welsh criminal justice system. So if it can be argued at the moment that the criminal justice system of England and Wales is, is, is in a series of crises, then you could well argue that given that disproportionate there are more people from Wales in that system, it's arguably having an even greater impact in Wales than it is uh, across the border in, in England. So again, only when you actually peel that back does that become uh, a problem? And yeah, thank you for pointing out. I went to five. Actually, five works better than, yeah, better than this one. Yeah, you, but um, yeah, that wasn't by design. Um, another a kind of you know a, a major problem we, we we uncover, and I think it's one of the five we've included for for very good reason, is that when you actually break down the imprisonment and probation population by ethnic group, we we find staggering levels of racial disproportionality in Wales. Now this again is a debate ordinarily played out. On, on an England and Wales level. The 2011 census told us that Wales is a 95.6% white country. So we tend not to think about the 4.4% and their experiences. But when we actually look at that within the Welsh criminal justice system, we find staggering levels of disproportionality. And let me just explain it like this. In 2019, for every 10,000 people in Wales who identify as white, so for every 10,000, you imagine 10,000 people against a wall, 14 of them would have been in prison as a rate. If you lined up every 10,000 people identified as black in Wales relative to the population, there'd have been 91 in prison. That's 14 compared to 91. For probation supervision, it was 46 for those identified as white compared to 129 for those identify as black. So these are, these are staggering statistics. Again, Richard's analogy of us uncovering a stone, every single time we, we do so, we find something that warrants, if not demands, that we take it, take it seriously. And, and often, you require FOIs to actually get that information. Yeah. That's, that's the, this information is not readily available. It, it involves basically Rob spending his <laughs> evenings mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> doing FOI requests yeah, yeah. to find a lot of this stuff, which you would have thought would have been front and centre of any debate about what's going on in this country. Mm -hmm. So it, as, a, as an example, if any of you want, want to go home tonight and thought, that doesn't sound right to me, that doesn't, I'm going to go online and find it myself, you can't. If I'm teaching students tomorrow and say that, th that this stuff exists and they think I want to check that out myself and they go online, they can't find that out. If a member of the Senate comes home tonight is preparing for a debate in the chamber tomorrow, they can't find this out. 
so there's a, that's a massive issue for, for us actually in terms of understanding the communities that we live in. We've been privileged over the last month to go across Wales actually and talk about this book and talk about these issues. In all of these different communities they have different issues uh, and sadly we find the same set of problems. You can't actually find out about your own community in many of these different areas. We should say that there are some things which are getting better, absolutely, but there's still a hell of a long, long way to go on that. So that then leads us, once we've got through chapter two, um, which as I'm sure you've already got the impression of, is a fairly depressing uh, chap chapter. I hope I brought a real sense of that to you here. Um, what we then move on to is, is to think about some, some themes, and I'm going to deal with the three of them um, fairly succinctly. So firstly we think, okay, well, as Richard has alluded to, it's the Home Office and the Ministry of Justice that are responsible for this system. If we say there's a problem with racial disproportionality, well, it's their system. So they come up with a solution. That's what they tell us. It's, they jealously guard the system. So it's on them. It's incumbent on the government departments in Whitehall to come up with a solution to these various problems. <coughs> Excuse me. But what we find is that Wales is actually an afterthought in many of the debates and discussions on policy and legislation in Whitehall. Shocking. It's actually in tune with what we know about the history of, of Welsh devolution and there are numerous reports and documents that we cite in the book that tell us that. Um, but we find that this is, a, this is an, extent, an extension. Wales counts for, for very little in Whitehall and it should be said at this point, this is what people have told us about their experiences of working within the system, working with officials in Whitehall that Wales counts for, for very, very little. That includes not understanding the Welsh context, and even when they understand the Welsh context, actually Wales is a very small part of the picture. So when we talk about imprisonment rates, for example, Welsh prisoners comprise around about 6% of the overall picture. So it's a very small number if you're in Whitehall. Not insignificant, but small when you think perhaps about the northwest of England, or London, or the Midlands. So again, we see that when it comes to Whitehall, Wales counts for very, very little. And the efforts that have been made to try and accommodate devolution by establishing networks in Wales, so for example like HMPPS in Wales, to try and bridge that gap, we find a group of professionals who are working incredibly hard, very, very hard, to try and make this work. This isn't a sense that these people don't care and they abandon it and we're not, we're not going to try. They're trying. They're really trying to make this work but they are frustrated, ultimately frustrated by these jagged edges which Richard has alluded to. Yeah, and also I think the important thing to point out here, just to add to this, uh, is that they're often very junior, so the, the, this is a very, very hierarchical system. Most of the senior grades are in London. Mm -hmm. Very, 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 very few are in Wales. So you've got a, a small group of people who are trying to clean up. Mm. And, you know, so there's a there's a one of the great quotes in the book is from from somebody who talks about playing a game of whack-a-mole. There's some announcement coming out from Whitehall, you know, does it apply to Wales? Has anybody thought about how this applies to Wales? You know, often very little, even no notice at all. So they're just kind of running around trying to patch this all together. Mm. So as Rob says, they're dedicated people, they're working hard, but the system is <coughs> structurally, you know, highly centralised in London and Wales is just not very salient. Yeah. And that, and that whack-a-mole is not conducive to tackling any problem, let alone the problems that we're dealing with here. Very, very complicated, it, it structural, entrenched, 
that's not something you can just simply magic up. It takes time, it takes strategy, it takes purpose. That is, that is not what we have in, in Wales. So it's one bullet point in this particular slide, but it's a chapter in the books. There's a lot more depth on, on the Whitehall discussion. So next we move on to Welsh Government and we think about the devolved level. Now, the Welsh Government, and we, we stress this a lot in the book, is not just actively involved in the system. We, we know that it does a lot in health and education, housing, tackling substance misuse, social care, equality, the language, huge amount uh, of, of work. It's integral to the system. That's the key point to, to, to kind of take away from this. It's not just some kind of, you know, Brucey bonus, an add-on, oh, that's nice of them. This is integral. Um, the analogy I use when we open now, but if the Welsh Government effectively went on strike and pulled back everything that they do, the system would, would crumble very, very quickly because it's integral to what we see in the prison system, the delivery of health, the delivery of substance misuse services, housing, all these different things that I've already just mentioned. But despite that integral role, what we actually see is that the Welsh Government in this space is, is rendered as a, as a policy taker rather than a policy maker. There's a quote in, in the book um, that we use, a Nairn Bevan quote, um, which just to, to capture it, is a responsible without power, a responsibility without I power. Can, I can Are you going to do this? Let me, let me, this has become a, this become is a, a very this is a, a regular a, theme. This is an Anglesey and Nairn Bevan accent, OK? <laughs> Uh, responsibility without power is the most dangerous of all situations for a political party with progressive pretensions. Responsibility mm. without power. I think Bevan did it better. That would be my, <laughs> my thoughts on it, but that was a good go. Yeah, it, 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 absolutely that. Responsibility without, without power. So the Welsh Government find itself, <coughs> excuse me, as a policy taker rather than a policy maker. Yes, it wants to achieve positive outcomes. Yes, it has ambitions of its own, but it is ultimately frustrated by the fact that the, the dominant levers and powers of a policy and legislation are held in Whitehall. And remember to recall this is a government in Whitehall that are not necessarily in tune with that Welsh, Welsh context. So again, we see a system that's defined by frustration, I think. And chapter four and chapter five delve into that in, in detail. I think chapter, chapter four provides some breadth, but chapter five, two case studies, one on, um, on prisoner housing policy and one on the police apprenticeship levy provide some real depth into what this looks like. And then chapter six, before I hand back to Richard for the kind of conclusion and some future thoughts, we, we, we'd return to this issue of accountability. So if we have got the highest imprisonment rate in Western Europe, enormous finding, uh, enormous problem, who is it that's ultimately accountable for tackling that problem? Well, within this system, we find that the responsibility for that is ultimately split between <coughs> excuse me, Cardiff Bay and, and Westminster. We find that the committees in Westminster, the Justice Committee and the Home Affairs Committee, very, very infrequently take Wales and Welsh issues seriously. The Welsh Affairs Committee has picked up a huge amount of this, but it is not a committee which is necessarily set up to deal with these issues in the appropriate depth and detail and expertise. Um, when we come over to the, to the Senedd side, again, the, Sen the, the, the Senedd does not have responsibilities, and the Welsh Government does not have responsibilities for policing and criminal justice. It is not their core business. It is not ostensibly for them to be looking at this. Yet we see that they make efforts to do so, and when they do so, they encounter a range of problems around data, around accessing ministers and officials to come and give evidence which is, of course, central to effective scrutiny. And the same applies to the inspectorates 
the inspectorate bodies and Majesty's inspectorate of prisons is perhaps the best on, on, on them, but we see issues there of having two systems in their mind when they're inspecting criminal justice arrangements in Wales and in England. They've got to be in tune with what the Welsh legislation is when in Wales, and they've got to be in tune with what hap what's happening in England as well. It's complicated. It's not that these people deliberately want to ignore Wales and neglect Wales and disregard Wales. It's just another layer of complexity and difficulty into what Richard has already said is a very, very difficult uh, task in, in, in the first place. Now that leads us to all kinds of questions about what are we to do about this system? What is the future of the Welsh criminal justice system? At which point I'll hand back uh, to Richard. Okay, and I'll try and keep this quite brief. Um, so our argument is that the Welsh criminal justice system is structurally endemically dysfunctional. It's, it's about, it's not, we're not making an argument <coughs> about bad people. We're making an, a structural argument saying that this jagged edge, this highly unorthodox way of organising your justice system where Wales, nobody else does this. Uh, <laughs> this is highly dysfunctional. All of the in-principle problems that we identify as you know, potentially arising from ignoring the usual kind of West, Westminster model rules. They're all there in, in spades. It is incredibly complicated. Policy making is rendered very, very difficult, not only for the Welsh level of government, but actually for the UK government in Wales. Um, because it's, it's very reliant on the goodwill, goodwill of Welsh government. Um, and also it's barely being held accountable by anybody. I mean, the fact, I mean, I'll, I say that spare his blushes, but the fact that it's Rob sitting in his, <laughs> in his front room, FOIing, I mean, it's, it's a, a hell of a testimony it's to the, his... It's a back room, actually. <laughs> it's a back room. It's a hell of a testimony to your efforts, but it's, it, that shouldn't be how this stuff works. Um, uh, it's also a system that performs very poorly, comparatively. I mean, these are terrible outcomes. Um, um, on, on every measure, you, there, there's a glimmer around youth justice. There's a glimmer there, but on everything else, it's just grim, grim, grim. Um, just, just on the point about outcomes, because I, I think it's important to make clear what we're not arguing. We're not arguing that it's the structures that cause the bad outcomes, okay? Because we just don't have the evidence to do that. Yeah, that would require... Uh, you know, having probably 30 or 40 years of data before and after devolution. It would, it would involve a very different kind of a project. We're not claiming that, uh, that I'm not sure, you, you've got about 10 years worth of data and that's taken a lot of effort. We just don't have the data. But what we are arguing, so we're not saying it's these structures that have caused these bad outcomes, because we can't. It, it might be the case, we don't know. Um, but what we are arguing is that if you actually wanted to address the problems that we have, then this, these structures won't allow you to do that. That is our core argument. If you actually say, well, actually, we need to do something about recidivism rates, the massive cost of people keeping people in prison, the, the, the human waste, the, you know, the, 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 the waste of lives and potential, and you know, there's some awful data on the number of children being taken away from mothers in prison. We've never been able to establish how many Welsh children have been ta taken away from, but the figures on an England and Wales level are just awful. I mean, it's, if you wanted to address these issues, you're not going to be able to do it within the system. And, and, and I stress if you want to, because at the Westminster level, we've seen a series of governments, left and right, 
that are using just this for kind of performative purposes. Being tough, it, you know, it's an end in itself rather than reducing crime. It's being tough is, is the policy uh, aim. But if you actually want to do something different, then you can't do it within this system. So what do we do? Well, uh, a few years ago, the Welsh Government established the Thomas Commission, Commission on Justice in Wales, chaired by the former Lord Chief Justice of England and Wales, Lord John Thomas, and that unanimously recommended devolving justice. And it said, basically, you need to devolve justice to allow the proper alignment of justice policy with social health, education, economic development policies. You do it to place justice at the heart of government in order to ensure clearer, um, uh, you know, improved accountability. That's eminently sensible, published in October 2019 and completely ignored basically by the UK government afterwards. Um, the, the response of the UK government was, I would say, a calculated insult. They sent the most junior minister out to respond in the most cursory way. Um, and what we've seen in the book, we, we go through the, the arguments for the, the status quo and the response to the Thomas Commission. And what we say is you see three things. You see trivialization. So in face of the evidence uh, that things are really very bad, you get for example, the then head of HMPPS saying, oh, Wales doesn't have the highest imprisonment rate in Western Europe. It's worse in Guernsey, he said. Uh, Guernsey has 100 people in prison. It's got a population which is smaller than that of Anismon, my home island. More to the point, population smaller than Wrexham County Borough, where they have built a prison which is intended to be the second biggest prison in Western Europe. HMP Berwin. So it's worse in Guernsey, was the uh, gentleman's uh, considered response. Um, so it's trivialising the problem, decrying devolution, saying that this is impossible. This is, you know, this, this thing which is, as I say, Wales is the anomaly here. Wales is the outlier here. And it's yet devolution is presented as some kind of impossible, um, utopian or dystopian nightmare rather than the standard way of operating. Or you get deflection, and this is something that we've seen from uh, Labour MPs in particular, saying, don't talk about the constitution, talk about the distances that prisoners are being held from their families. But that is precisely because of the constitution. It's precisely because you have an England and Wales prison system that you know, takes prisoners from northwest Wales to Durham or wherever, that people are being held at great distances from their family, which leads to, we know that that tends to lead to higher recidivism rates. So, you know, the, the constitution is at the heart of the way that this thing operates or doesn't operate. So it's a kind of deflection. And so we, just to conclude, what we've seen is that the Thomas Commission reported, and since then, We've had the UK government basically dismissing it without even engaging with the arguments at all in any serious way. And then we've seen Labour uh, on this journey. In 2017, the Labour Party, the Labour Party's general election manifesto recommended or pledged to devolve justice. In 2019, that was uh, watered down. 
it was the door was kept ajar um, but it was we're going to consider the uh, recommendations of the Thomas Commission report and think about what we're going to do this week uh, we've seen the Gordon Brown Commission report and what has been decided and this appears to be definitive is that they will devolve youth justice and probation there is no explanation at all as to why those um, I mean I think everybody knows what's happened there's been a there's been a a, a, a tug of war to be polite between the Welsh Government uh, and the uh, Labour group in the Senedd on the one hand and the Welsh Parliamentary Labour Party on the other hand and it's just a it's just a you know some kind of comp internal compromise so there's no explanation as to the logic of why those there's no explanation at all of how they are going to probation is part of the HMPPS Majesty's prisons and probation service it's not clear how they plan to extract probation from that for Wales only it looks to me as if you're setting yourself up for lots more responsibility without much power in the context where the UK government is planning to increase, thinks that the prison population is going to increase to 100,000. So, I mean, it, I mean there, is, there, are, there are no arguments being put forward at all so far as to why those, why not prisons. You know, it, there's, 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 this is not a serious intellectual proposition. It's real politique. It's what it's what the, you know, it's where the, the when the music stopped, in that kind of internal battle. That's where we ended up. So, at the moment, we have a UK government that is not engaging, that is trivialising the issue, and a Labour Party, which I'm sure is going to form the next UK <coughs> government, which is planning to. Uh, apparently devolve youth justice and probation without explaining why those or how it might work so I think that's where we're at um, and I think if you read the book I think uh, I think well I hope you, you will agree that that is uh, not a sufficient um, answer when you're addressing a problem that is as large as the one is which is identified when you actually take Wales seriously. I think I'll stop there. Rob, did you want to say any more? No, I, I think, I think it, the, key, the key is that the end principle. Is there a principled argument for devolving youth justice and probation? Now, I think youth justice is, is perhaps more of an interesting proposition than, 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 than probation. But I think the point we make in the book, and this is the timing of the book, is quite helpful, I think, for understanding yeah. the kind of the, the problems with what we've seen in the in the Brown report. These are in principle problems with what we've seen in the Brown report. There's no in principle argument here for, as Richard has alluded to, separating probation from prisons, but leaving prisons there, and then what leaving police there, and and what does that mean for the CPS? What is it? It would actually arguably create an even greater set of complexities that we talk about in, in, in the yeah. book, which is why, <clears throat> excuse me, we make a, we feel an in-principled case yeah. for all of these powers to be, to be moved, to, to deal with those in-principled problems. So th th that, that, that is the, the heart of our concern, yeah. I think, it, with the Brown. Uh, interesting, just, on, just a, a final thing on the Brown Commission report. It, it, the Brown Commission report is explicitly saying there's no problem with devolving justice. It's very clear that they, you know, the, the, they say there is no in principle problem with devolving justice, but we're going to devolve those bits. 
without explaining why those bits and why not the other one. So that's that's the that's the way it's actually framed mm. uh, in the discussion. Yeah. Oh. Right. Diolch. If you enjoyed that discussion of the criminal justice system in Wales, we'd encourage you to read Richard and Rob's book, The Welsh Criminal Justice System on the Jagged Edge, which can be bought from all good bookstores and directly from University of Wales Press. We'd also encourage you to pay a visit to Storyville Books in Pontypridd and would like to pass our thanks to Richard and Robert of the Wales Governance Centre at Cardiff University. Thank you for listening to Hiraith. You can find us at HiraithPod on most social media platforms. Our website is walespolitics.com and if you're able to do so, please consider becoming a patron from just £3 a month at patreon.com slash HiraithPod. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Hiraith. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review.